Hey, Southside Sox listeners, this is Keelan Ballou, and I'm starting a new podcast called Explain It to Me Like I'm Five. This podcast is going to focus on simplifying complicated topics in baseball with the experts who understand the issues most. I hope you enjoy episode one and tune in for more. This is Dr. Meredith Wills. Um, she's currently working as a, sport, as a sports data scientist, um, but originally had a PhD in astrophysics. Um, she also recently won a, an award, a Sabre Analytics Research Award in 2019 for her work on uh, researching baseballs, um, and specifically MLB baseballs. And also she does a lot of knitting um, and works in partnership uh, with both the Baseball Hall of Fame and the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum uh, to create reproductions of vintage baseball sweaters and some other work. So thank you, Dr. Wills, for coming here today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, I should, I, sorry, I'm, I'm making a little fun here, but the PhD in astrophysics doesn't expire. I do still have it. It's kind of cool, even if you don't work in it anymore. <laughs> Just the way you phrased it was funny. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, right, she has right. it permanently. <laughs> yeah. There's not a. They don't, they, not don't, a... they don't rescind them if you stop doing astrophysics. <laughs> it hasn't expired yet. No, nope. not yet. Um, not yet. At least I haven't <laughs> checked, but I don't think it has. <laughs> yeah, you might you might get stopped, pulled over for that. Something like that. Yeah, I. My scientist card is around here somewhere, but I don't know where. We have a scientist in the house. We've got a we've got a doctor in the house. Um, oh man, kind. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I used to have so, a t-shirt actually that said not that kind of a doctor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I would trust you more than a lot of medical doctors, honestly, so far. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can think of some. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I would love to hear, you know, I guess first kind of how you got um, on your journey to sports from your <laughs> still existing PhD in astrophysics. Oh, man. Um, I, I, I get the question a lot, but I, I do enjoy it. Uh, it's fun. I actually, no, I need to re, I need to go back farther. My, my dad has, you know, his entire life, huge baseball per, you know, he played in college was really, he probably would have done like the kind of Cape Cod league stuff nowadays, but that didn't exist. He was good. Um, but he was a Milwaukee Braves fan for the entire existence of the team, uh, which for, for those people, you know, Hank Aaron, was part of the Milwaukee Braves for their entire existence. So he was one of the guys that my dad watched, you know, growing up into his adulthood. And um, I was born after the Braves went to Atlanta. I was born the day that Hank Aaron tied Babe Ruth's home run record. Oh, wow. Uh, it was also opening day. So his first child is, is born on opening day, and it's the day that this, this amazing ball player he's watched his entire life ties the greatest home run record of all time. Okay, the greatest MLB home run record of all time. Sorry, I need to give, uh, I need to give O his uh, credit. But uh, he went out, he bought me a baseball bat the day I was born. He was absolutely convinced that I was going to be something in the game. Uh, my birth announcements, I love this, had it's a little girl and her, her diaper you know, had the pink hat and stuff with the, with the, the ball and the bat. Um, my parents got a lot of congratulations on the birth of your baby boy because oh. it didn't dawn on people despite the pink and the little pigtails that, you know, boy, only boys play baseball, right? But I was three weeks old when he, went to, when he took me to my first game. 
uh, I've never not been in baseball. I love astrophysics, but I didn't start being an astrophysicist till college. So it's always kind of a fun question because like, you know, the obvious thing is how do you go from astrophysics to baseball? Yeah. And it's, you know, the other way. I came back to baseball, but yeah. there hasn't been much room for being a scientist in sports at all uh, until pretty recently. So, you know, so I did, a, I now work as a, as a data scientist, you know, looking at ball and player tracking stuff, like, you know, when I'm not studying baseballs, because that, that is my own separate independent research, but, you know, you gotta get paid to do something, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, it turns out that what I did in astrophysics has a really strong overlap with the kind of um, ball and player tracking that we'll see that, you know, that, that you'll see StatCast do. So the stuff that I work with, you know, is the, the, the tech that, you know, we now see with StatCast. And so it's, it's actually, you know, pretty cool. It turns out that astrophysics is, is a perfect crossover that way. Uh, and I was able to go back to what I love. I mean, I, I guess I love the astro too, but it's really cool to like be a scientist and be in baseball. And then in the last few years, I somehow ended up learning a lot more about baseballs than a lot a lot of people. So. Yeah. 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 And um, we'll get into that. I am curious if there was a specific moment or if just always, you know, there was an idea when you were working with astrophysics, if you were like, this could be applied to baseball or if that was something you were already aware of. Um, actually it was, um, yeah, I mean, there, there was, there was a, a sort of a moment, which is, uh, I guess I can think of sort of two things. Uh, I had really just started getting into interest in Sabre and, and the, the first, the first uh, conference I went to, uh, Corey Schwartz, who's actually uh, BAM's VP of tech, uh, was at the, it was just a regular Sabre conference. This was before Sabre analytics conferences existed. And um, I was told there was someone from MLB who was there, who I should talk to. Um, at the time, it just had to do with the scorebook thing I was working on. So it, it sort of made a, an interesting entree, but you know, there was this one MLB guy who might be worth talking to. Nobody seemed to know who he was or where to find him. And I ended up in a talk there where they were talking about you know, what I guess is BAM now. I don't remember what it was called at the time. It was pretty new. And I got up, you know, with the, the mic where you're, you know, there's like a line for questions. And really I just got up and did a rant about blackouts uh, and, and, you know, how nice. this idea of watching games with blackouts and, it, you know, it, the insanity of it, if you had no, cause I, I lived in a place where, you know, I couldn't have gotten the TV anyway. And it turns out Corey Schwartz was sitting right next to me, like literally on the aisle right next to me. So I was mortified. And I, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was an interesting situation because, uh, you know, we hit it off right away, uh, which was great, but, you know, enough so where he was, he was a huge support. Yes. So Corey, I'm saying a lot of good stuff. It's all true. Um, but he knew that I was interested in, in player tracking, you know, sort of as an idea before anything was being done. And, uh, he got in touch with me about, uh, you know, field effects, which interestingly enough is now exactly the tech that I work with. It's, it's a, the, the, what StackCast uses is a different company. It's a different technology, but I should say that the technology itself is the same. It's just a different corporation doing it. But, you know, he actually got in touch. He's like, yeah, there's this thing that's coming out. That's, it, it, we're going to have in a couple of years to do player tracking. And 
immediately because everything I'd done in Astro, it, it's all spatial and it's all like, you know, time dependent, it's all movies. So it, but it's frankly a lot more complicated than having, you know, individual, like all the players are separate things. You know, right. I was literally looking at like, you know, plasma, it's essentially ionized gas with magnetic fields in it. So it's more dense and less, it was, it's, it's cool. It's beautiful, but it's really complicated. Yeah. So it's like, oh, look, all the players are different, you know, and they're like individual things, you know, it's not like you can have a half a player. Right. Ideally. <laughs> Floating yeah. around. Yeah. So, but yeah, so, so it's, uh, you know, and it just turned out to be a, a great, uh, it, it took a while to sort of find the right place. Cause I felt like I was a little, I turned out to be a little ahead of things, but that didn't turn out to be a bad thing either. Cause you know, sort of able to, just you know felt like I've made up a lot of my own rules I guess I don't mind yeah, yeah. that's awesome though I mean mm -hmm. you definitely found a, a niche here, yep. here with everything um yep. lately so yeah I mean I would definitely and I think listeners would also love to hear about your work um you know what you've done lately or just even historically um, especially your work with balls but really anything um, well I mean the, the baseball stuff's the most the most interesting you know that was one that you mentioned the knitting before and the the, the partnership um and and I hate to say it that's that's a bit in abeyance right now because I keep finding things with the baseballs on the science side so you know what I've been doing with it's, it's still there but I just haven't done nearly as much with the hall of fame uh, in, in the last couple of years, unfortunately, but I, I've been a knitter actually since I was five years old. So baseball's longer, but not much. And, uh, you know, I'll do knitting design. So I'll have, you know, a couple patterns published as on average, it turns out a couple of year. And, uh, I realized that the yarn inside baseballs, in fact, here, I want to see yarn from inside. Baseballs. Yes. <laughs> well, there's, I'll, I'll start with this. So, um, that is the cross section of the inside wow. of a major league baseball. And you can see there's like, it's, it's a little harder to tell on the edges, but there's actually three layers. There's like this, there's one out to here and you can see there's white and then there's actually a little bit outside that. Mm -hmm. um, turns out the yarn in these is knittable. Huh. I went and I checked. So, um, so here we go. You're gonna see a lot of these the bags are easier just to so this is literally what I do is I end up taking apart the baseball. So that's awesome. You know, so you're you're constructing things. Covers. Well, I'm I'm yeah, I'm I'm I I first I, I deconstruct the baseball. Yeah. And then I've ended up, you know, I've created these cool original designs where the idea is that I'm partnering with the Hall of Fame and we'll end up taking those and auctioning them off in support of the Hall of Fame. Because it is it is a it's a museum, it's a 501c3. It's not like MLB supports it. Yeah. So um, I had already, you know, started doing that and, you know, baseballs are hard to get. So, you know, sort of getting them in the kind of places that, that frankly, it still happens. Yeah. Uh, but going into 2017, you know, I'd already started doing the knitting and um, the home run search, you know, the, the back when we had home run searches in 2017, and that was like unusual, uh, people were looking at explanations for that you actually had the home run committee working on stuff trying to you know find out what was causing it because nobody mm -hmm. nobody knew it was the ball people forget that they you know they'll they'll remember in retrospect of course it's the ball like it seems like it's yeah. out but at the time it wasn't you know people were looking at you know some people thought the players might be juicing again some right. people thought okay is it the bats uh my favorite 
which was a legit thing that the Home Run Committee did test, and I think it's awesome, was climate change. That somehow because the earth is getting warmer, the balls are able to, to travel farther. Yeah. Um, but there, it turns out that there actually is historical precedent for changes to the ball, you know, affecting how it, it travels and particularly changes to the inside. Um, one of the things that I feel like does not get enough, it, it should be getting more attention than it does, which is that the transition from the dead ball to the live ball era, there, there are a few things. I mean, it's, this isn't the only one, but uh, it was right after World War I. And as with a war, you know, the, the, the yarn that was being used inside the baseballs, you know, this stuff was not as good quality as it could have been. And so after the war, they started using Merino from Australia, which is better yarn. And uh, the ball at the same time started flying, flying more. And so there was this idea of had the ball been intentionally juiced. Mm-hmm. And the commissioner at the time said, no, 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 it's just this new yarn. And so therefore it's more lively off the bat. That's tended to be discounted. However, there is something to that. If you were to change the type of yarn inside the baseball, yeah, it is going to change probably the, the it's called the coefficient of restitution, essentially how it comes off the bat. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, the idea that you could change the yarn inside and not have an effect. Major and minor league baseballs have different kinds of yarn. They, they perform differently and it's not just the drag. You know, so, so there, there is something to the idea. Knowing about what the interior of a major league baseball looked like, I thought with the 2017 home run search, yeah, okay, I'll take a look and see if it's something about the construction of the ball itself. And as it turns out, the, um, the home run committee did come out with, you know, that it was the ball, that there was something different and it was something about the drag specifically. So basically the ball wasn't slowing down as fast in the air. So that was what was allowing it to travel farther. Uh, About three days before that committee report came out, I found a single thing that was different. I'd looked at balls from before in 2014, which is like at that low point before we started getting the the rise in home runs. Mm -hmm. And then some from, you know, it's actually 2016, 2017. It turns out the supplies are the same. But um, it turns out that the thickness of the laces here laces my cat is not noticing she, she, she can. <laughs> um yeah so the thickness of the laces turns out to be thicker with the the balls that travels farther wow. and um and it was the only thing that was a st- what's called a statistically significant difference meaning like you could absolutely say this is you know it's it's really really unlikely basically that right. these two happen to be the same interesting and and but at the time, uh, the home run committee said the ball is something about the ball is different. They couldn't find out w- what the difference was. Right. Three days before that report came out, it's like, yeah, you know, I, I found something. This is really cool. And of that course, cool. I hadn't known that was going to be important. I right. didn't even know, like, you know, it was just kind of, oh, gee, that's interesting. Like yeah. I yeah, sort of found it by accident. I was looking at something else and I noticed that the way that the, the laces compared that, you know, these don't look like they're the same. And I checked and it turns out that one was thinner. Interesting. Um, is it the actual, is it just the weave of the laces? No, it's, it's, it's physically the thickness. I mean, they're, okay. they're both what's called, um, 
anything that's thread or yarn has what's called a ply to it. Okay. Meaning that they're, they're, it's, it's sort of individual um, strands wrapped around each other. So I've checked, there's still five ply. Um, the thing that's interesting is that it's not, the difference itself is very, very small. I mean, it's, it's consistent, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like thread. I mean, it is thread, it's just very thick thread. Uh, so if you think of sewing thread, that doesn't like become thicker and thinner, but it's very thin to begin with. So the, the difference was 9%, wow. which means it went, and this is all very thin to begin with. So it's, uh, it went from like 0.75 to 0.83 millimeters across. Wow. So I, mean, I, it turns out that with the, the way that I looked at the, the thickness, I do not have my chopstick. <laughs> my, my favorite tool, I kid you not, is a chopstick with ruler tape on it. And if you do something, and this is knitting and weaving, you do this a lot, you do something called lace, or excuse me, wraps per inch. So to, by wrapping the laces around, I could actually see how many times it wraps around. In this case, it did centimeters instead, but that was enough to tell that they were thicker. So it's, it's a really simple way to do it. You know, like you could have done this long before any kind of computing stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I don't think it would have occurred to people to ask the question or that it was actually an easy thing to measure. Yeah. You if, know, you, it, if you had had, if you had not had your background knowledge in knitting, do you think you would have? Uh, no, that? I don't think it would have occurred to me to ask the question yeah. because, um, you know, and, and it's a discussion I've had with any number of people over the years that, that changing the yarn is a legitimate way to have change the, the actual interior behavior, which in this case didn't turn out to be the case. For the 2020 and 2021 new baseballs, that absolutely was the case with the interior. But um, for this, it was, it still pulled on, you know, like it, it wouldn't have occurred to people. I mean, I think, I think the home run committee would have found it eventually, but you know, it would have been years instead of weeks. Right. Yeah, sort of thing. They, and did they, and make... they wouldn't have used that technique. It would have been, you know, something like a, you know, a, a CAT scan or LIDAR or something like that. Which is crazy. I mean, yeah. you just use, yeah. It, and it just, it just, you run into this all the time though. It's like, you know, people, and it's one of the things I think is cool is, you know, having expertise from other kinds of things can make a real difference. And, and yeah. I love that, you know, so it's, it's not, it, actually one friend who, you know, he's designed telescopes and he would pull on his sailing knowledge a lot because it turned out that that was relevant. That's crazy. So, Very yeah, interesting. It's just, it's never, never discount what, what you're good at because it might yeah. be handy basically. Yeah. That's, but, that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, but it, mm -hmm, sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I was just kind of curious when you were explaining that about your methods, I guess, for that. Um, and how you noticed it, did anybody um, kind of in the scientific com community or at all ever question that or, I mean. You know what, uh, I, if anything, I've been surprised at how little that's come up, um, at least in a direct way. Um, one thing that is very important in science is what's called reproducibility. So every time that I have done this, I am trying to be really detailed, frankly, about how I do something you know, to the point of, in fact, the article on the 2021 baseball that Bradford Davis put out for in um, Insider last year, we literally got a player to reproduce what I was doing at home with the same kind of tools. 
and he did it and he got the results. That to my knowledge is the only time somebody has done that, even though I will put out, this is what you do. This is how you do it because I want people to try. Right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, frankly, it takes a long time to do this Mm -hmm. and you have to, there is a learning curve. So if you're just starting, it takes even longer, but I had expected early on for, you know, like when 2019 started, I was expecting to get scooped because it was like such an obvious thing to look. And it seemed like people assumed this was my turf or something, which I found odd. I mean, I wasn't complaining because it meant I got to get really cool results. Uh, but it's also been interesting when, when people have taken issue with things, which, which happens, um, it tends to be along other lines. You know, it will be based on this, this, this type of, um, you know, the way that I'm thinking about something with how changes should happen, uh, what you're finding doesn't seem to be having an effect without looking and seeing if what I'm finding is valid. Okay. Like I'm not questioning what they're, they're talking about in terms of how their model is being developed, for instance, but it doesn't necessarily address someone. If someone wants to take issue, like all I've got are the data. Right. And all I have are frankly, their hypotheses to, to that need to have stuff, you know, beyond me. Right. For testing them. But to, to come back with, uh, you know, that someone isn't sure about stuff. I'd love to have someone actually, you know, try to do the same thing and see what their results look like. Um, actually, that's not true. Uh, Bart's, Barton Smith, who's he's like the seam shifted weight guy. He's really done some amazing work with the physical structure in terms of how that makes the ball behave in the air. And his work is the best with that. He's like really made the connection between the physical structure that I've done. And then what people will talk about with say stat cast and how the drag works or how break is and things like that. So the connection is being made, but it's only been in the last like year or two. So, yeah, which is really interesting. Oh, I love um, it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I will say yeah. too, it seems like, you know, it is, has become sort of your turf um, to a certain extent. Um, do you feel like that that was from the onset of like you mentioned that that 2019 research you did or? or? Well, I, I mean, the 2017 that was uh, it. in in I mean, the 2017, nobody else had done it to this extent. Uh, Rob Arthur did some interesting stuff where they did a CAT scan or CAT scans looking. And I think they may have found different. I think they did find differences in the interior construction of the pill. That's the the, the little rubber. Thing we just saw. Hang on, they're all in here somewhere. That's what a pill looks like when it's not cut in half. It's just it's literally just a little rubber ball. And in fact, before 2017, and they, they we didn't have Statcast data, so we couldn't tell that drag had changed. But anytime before that, if people talked about the ball maybe being juiced, it ultimately meant someone cutting into a baseball, taking out this, hmm. and doing a bounce test. Okay. That was almost always what it came down to, it, which turns out is not really the best way to do it. Um, it, it. Like, you know, for like a dozen baseballs. Yeah. And I can tell you, and certainly the people who look at the StatCast data can tell you that individual things for that, you, it's not going to work. Like you, baseballs are different enough in a lot of ways where you really can't, you need a lot of baseballs for kind of an aggregate to see, okay, the drag is higher or the drag is lower. It's not like any one baseball will do that. And it's not just because of the physical ball itself, because they will be, um, you know, the, the seam heights 
will will vary. Uh, the, how round the ball is varies. Uh, they're not all perfectly spherical underneath those seams. But um, on top of that, like the orientation of the seams themselves makes a difference. You know, if you have a ball, I'm not going to get the spin right, but if you have a ball coming at you, say with the seams like that, it's going to be very different than a ball coming at you with the seams like that. It's mm -hmm. like literally just going to have different drag. It's going to move slightly differently in the air. So, you know, you could take, I'd love to see someone try this, you know, I'm, I'm speculating here. You could take the same baseball and hit it or, you know, put it in like a hack attack or something 10 different times and, and um, same launch angle, same exit velocity. It would probably travel 10 different distances. <laughs> That's insane. Because it's <laughs> going to get knocked around. So it's going to become less round. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, it's going to have a different seam orientation when it gets hit and when it travels. That's so it's, it's just, I mean, that's partly why baseball is cool is because that seam, you know, that's why seam shifted wake is seam shifted wake. You, you spin it in a particular way so that the seams are doing something very particular and the ball behaves in that way. That's awesome. You know, no other sport is like, you know, we, we made this complicated. And yeah. it's fun because it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> There's variability all over. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's actually, frankly, it's 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 what I would call a semi-chaotic system. Like when you hear about chaos, that's just the physics here has chaos built in. So that is fun. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. So anybody who 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 thinks that baseball is 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 just a game or that what what was the we can't not mention that the game's being shut down, but I want to say it was Ross Stripling had some kind of comment about like, what did they think were dumb jocks? Yeah. They're yeah. not, I, I know a lot of really smart baseball players. I mean, they're not all, but I know some really smart baseball players. <laughs> you know, so, so there's, there's, it's, 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 it's an intellectual game. Yeah. Well, and to have, I mean, honestly, you, you spoke about having a, a player um, repeat, you yep. know, your process of looking at balls. And I mean, it's not like, even though, Maybe to you it's easy. Like that's not always easy. So that's that was impressive to me that I, I noted that when you said that. I was like, that's actually pretty cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did want to talk about kind of your your 2019 and 2020 work and, and moving forward. Oh, it it gets. I mean, yeah, we can go through. It's. I mean, 2017. What I ended up discovering was that that thicker lace stuff. Um, in fact, here's another knitting crossover. So the laces are cotton. The actual yarn inside the ball is wool, which behaves in one way. And in fact, that ends up coming back to the new ball they designed for 2020. The interior being wool turns out to be important. The laces being cotton turn out to be important for 2017 in that uh, wet cotton, when it stretches, um, if you let it air dry, it will stay stretched. So a, a way to, to think about it is if you've ever spilled coffee on a t-shirt, and then you go into the bathroom and you try to scrub it out and there's a divot in your shirt for the rest of the day Yeah, because it air dried. On the other hand, you wash it and you put it in the dryer and it shrinks back to normal because it's being, you know, there's the heat and the, the agitation and stuff. So um, baseballs historically have been air dried. Uh, and so what that means is that if you have thicker laces, they just don't stretch as much as thinner. You know, like you just, you put the same amount of tension on them. So having a ball that's got thicker laces, it means it, it, this is like the weak point. Mm -hmm. So the ball, if it's going to deform from being totally round, it's going to be along the seams. 
Okay. So the thinner the laces are, the more you're going to get almost like this, this, you know, making the ball, it's almost like you'd end up with something square. It's logical conclusion, I guess, but thinner laces, you end up with a ball that's less round, hence it's traveling. It's not traveling as far. So thicker laces turn out to actually make the ball have lower drag, which is totally counterintuitive because people tend to think that lace thickness and seam height are the same thing and they're not. Yeah, that's um, a lot know, of so, detail. Right. <laughs> well, but again, and that's where the, the physics comes in and, and knowing what cotton does. Right. That's yeah. Another one, you know, like, so, and that, by the way, turned out, so, so it wasn't just finding that the difference for 2017, but finding, and frankly, that's, that's what I think has happened. There may be another explanation for it, but I haven't heard anybody postulate one. So, you know, I'm all for, for other hypotheses. Yes, please. You know, I want to hear them. But yeah, 2019 turned out to be almost the converse of that, which is that this the the leather was very smooth, the laces were excuse me, the seams were very flat, um, the balls were very round. It turns out that is a lot easier to produce even than I realized when I did the research. <laughs> um, take any baseball, if you soak the surface of it and throw it in the dryer probably with a bunch of towels because it'll make a lot of noise otherwise and you won't be able to get anything done. Throw it in the dryer for, I don't know, 15 to 45 minutes. I did this unrelated to something. I basically got a bunch of baseballs that were like soaking wet and I needed to find a way to sort of dry them. I couldn't do a ton because I needed the, the actual data, but they came out of the dryer and I had a ball that was perfectly round with flat seams and very <laughs> slick leather, which if you think about it, if you bounce a baseball around in a dryer, like, so it's getting hit randomly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the most likely thing is it's going to end up being hit enough on all the sides that it'll end up round. Those seams will get flat and the leather gets slicked down. <laughs> so it looks like they literally threw 2019 baseballs in the dryer and that's how they got them. Do you, I mean, is that just the way they were created just dif that differently? I, I think, I mean, otherwise they, they seem basically the same. The laces yeah. are thinner and I think that might have been, um, that might have been intentional because there were reports of um, of blisters that, that players were, you know, pitcher okay. blisters were a problem. Uh, it might have just been that that the supplier changed. You know, that it didn't have to be that, but it, it would have been consistent with the blister problem and people realizing that that thinner laces would would have made that you know not happen as much. But as far as I can tell, the reason that they went from air drying or I shouldn't say the reason. One logical reason for them to have gone from air drying to throwing them in the dryer was 2019 was also the first year that they started using the Major League Baseball in AAA. And uh, so that's like, they made an extra, normally there's like 1.2 million that are made for Major League Baseball. They now make 1.8 million. Wow. So like there's 50% more that are made for AAA. Uh, if you suddenly have to make 50% more baseballs and they did like expand everything, you know, they have the capacity, but it takes about a week for a baseball to dry. So if you're air dry it. So wow. the idea of wanting to speed that up when you have so many more that are being produced makes sense. Yeah. So if you throw it in the dryer, they should dry more quickly. It's just that they also ended up with a very, you know, very slick round baseball with flat seams. Yeah. Wow. So that also, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's also possible that, that, I mean, that strikes me as the, as the sort of one logical reason for doing it. Um, 
the way manufacturing is done, even with the air drying though, um, Rawlings makes an effort to make the ball rounder and flatten the seams. Like part of the process they have after the balls are finished is they essentially put them in this, this sort of a chute where they end up getting rolled around specifically to flatten the seams and make the keep you know balls rounder. So um, putting them in a dryer, you end up with a lot flatter seams and a much rounder ball, which seems to have been a goal for a while. And this would have been after the home run committee put in um, recommendations for making tolerances, you know, more stringent. So so like basically they didn't they didn't like the fact that they're you know, that there seemed to be so much variation. And so that might've been a way that was being considered for minimizing variation. So, I mean, yeah. it's, and again, I haven't, Rawlings has not told me about, about this stuff. You know, it does, yeah. It's not something I can get answers on, but, um, but yeah, but so that data. Up, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, they have all this information. It's just not something that they, that they ever make public, but that ended up, you know, being the 2019 home run surge. So we've got a 2017 home run search, 2019 home run search, then they changed the ball. Well, they shouldn't, I shouldn't say changed. They introduced a different ball in the 2019 postseason. And so that was the next, that turns out to have been a mix of two baseballs, which we ran into again. And I did not expect that. Uh, but for 2019, the 2019 postseason, it really just turned out, it really looks like they ran out of 2019 baseballs. And interestingly enough, the ones that I was able to, that I did find that were this different kind that had, you know, they were consistent with balls that were before 2019 with the, you know, much higher drag and, and not like these super round, slick flat lace ball or flat seam balls. They turned out actually to be 2020s, which I did not realize until I had cracked the batch codes for, you know, 2020, but it's, so it's, I sort of picture them as like teleporting from the future because they were made before the 2019 postseason, but they're mm -hmm. part of the balls that were used for 2020. Like they were always intended for that. Yeah. And you did see them in the 2020 regular season. Like I saw balls that were made during those same weeks. It's almost like, you know, knocking things down. It's like 29, 2017, got it. 2019 home run search, got it. 2020, 2019 postseason, got it. 2022 baseballs, got that. 2021, two baseballs again, got that. I'm waiting. You know, we'll see what happens this season. <laughs> crazy yeah and I mean oh. it is crazy would you be able to speak um sort of about do you have any theories on you know it sounds like a lot of it is just process oriented um do you think it is purposeful well all? actually for 2020 in 2020 it did start being purposeful and and there are the explanations have been interesting because there were two kinds of baseballs made and um, actually to, to, to give, I wanna give context for this because a big reason that the, um, that I was able to sort of definitively say there were two kinds of baseballs before MLB acknowledged it were that I did, I, I was able to crack what, what we call the batch codes, which is just, they're just inventory codes. So if okay. you can read that. Yeah. I don't know. Get a kind of, BB, there we go. B SLC something. Yep, that's it. BBB yeah. SLC. Actually, so that, that's on the no SLCE. Sorry, there's okay. an E at the end there. That's on the inside. It's on the inside. Yeah, so it's on the inside of the cover. Okay. You know, right there, and it can be either one. This is literally just an inventory code that Rawlings uses. 
And okay. um, it turns out that it's it's just a numeric code that translates to to the word black horse. Oh, like they literally use the word that it's like already a known thing with people who do collection or collector mm -hmm. stuff because they use that on the outside of baseball gloves. And that's it's I felt really silly that I didn't discover it a lot sooner. Like I actually went through and derived it myself. And then someone said, <laughs> yeah, you know, this is out here. Oh, well, <laughs> right, so, so once once I, you know, realized that that was what was going on and plugged in, you know, I was going to say, you can write this down if you want. Do you want to do you want to translate what the numbers are? Actually, yeah, sure. Better way to do it. You said it's so it says B B B S L S L C E E. So black horse, it's one through zero with, you know, B L A C K H O R S. So you can translate that to a number, seven digits. <laughs> okay, so B is one. So there's one, one, one. See that? Yeah. Okay, the and then S is nine. So uh, it's one, 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 nine. I can L see. L is it. two. Okay. C is four. And E is uh, zero. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, it does now. Is that. I've never heard of that of black That's horse. A, nobody, like, nobody had, yeah. had really looked at it. And, you know, but, and honestly, like I, it, it, once you sort of know what the code is, it's not hard at all. But no, if you yeah. don't, it looks, it looks no. kind of like- I know, I was like, how? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It turns out when you look at that, so that's, it's 11, one, nine. That's just a date or month. Okay. So that's literally November, 2019. Then the two four zero at the end is what I would call a production week. Okay. And so, it that corresponds. I don't have it in front of me. That's like September, I think, or no, excuse me, not September. It's obviously okay. It's November, duh. November twenty nineteen. So there are you know two four zero two four one. Okay. Um, in in the um, in that like list of of production weeks and they do go in order so like when you go to december you it would be like you know 244 and it'll keep going into january and you get like a, a 248 in there or something so it's literally each week you know roughly you can see gaps uh which in fact turn out to they look like they're meaningful frankly like you can see where say they're changing production between yeah. from year to year um but what was interesting was once I once I cracked those, uh, what I discovered was that there there was a transition in uh, September of 2019. Balls were made for a few months before the 2020 season. You know, it was like I want to say um, July through September were those were 2020 20 balls. So they started making them. Um, actually, it might have even been earlier, and then. Uh, what ended up happening was they then switched on a hard switch from making one kind of baseball to making a completely different kind. Wow. And, and so, and I could actually tell that there was a difference. It, it, again, if you sort of take them apart and a lot of the questions are a lot easier once, once you explain something to answer. I mean, some mm -hmm. of the stuff with like the lace thickness is more complicated, mm -hmm. but this is what's inside the leather covers. They mm -hmm. call it the center. And this is like everything you just saw inside. Mm -hmm. Everything inside the covers is that. Okay. So it's the so, three layers of yarn and 
and the pill. Okay. And I probably most people, if they listen right. to this, they're right. going to, you know, it looks, they've probably seen an inside of a baseball, but, well, but that's uh, why I'm, I'm showing the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So just in case so. they don't watch the video. Um, okay. So inside a, the ball, it's there, there is the, the rubber, uh, the rubber pill, which is just the, the core and that's, that's rubber. And then there's two layers of cork on the inside. And then there's three layers of yarn, which is, is it's a wool. It's mostly wool. It's there's some polyester in it too. And there's a, the thickest kind of yarn is on the inside and it's gray. And most of the ball is that. Then there is a, a thin layer of white yarn. That's sort of a middle thickness. And then the outer layer is gray. Again, that's the thinnest yarn of the three. Outside of that, there is a layer of what's basically cotton sewing thread. And that's okay. just mostly to make the ball sort of, if, you, if you've seen a ball of yarn, there's, there's little, you know, the yarn is thick. So by taking the sewing thread, it, you can then make it rounder, you know, so, so the bulges aren't there as much. And then on top of that, they'll actually take the leather covers and they soak the covers, which is why the drying process is important because in order to get the cover to become round, it's a flat cover, you got to find a way to stretch it across the baseball. So you've, you, they, they soak the covers, then they'll stretch them across uh, and there's glue so that, you know, you're, you're, for people watching, you can tell it's sticking, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then with the, the you know, the, the, wet, the wet covers and the glue on the ball, mm -hmm. they can then um, stitch the balls by hand and they are stitched by hand. Okay. The, the part inside the covers is the, the winding process is on the machine. They have winding machines. Um, which is frankly how they can make them, you know, obey, fit the rules. Cause you can't have it all, all by hand gets a little much. I was going to ask but, that. Is there, have you looked at that at all or the variability well, with stitching? It, it, the, the stitching is interesting because the question that gets brought up a lot is how come the stitching is done by hand? And uh, there, there really doesn't appear to be a way to, to make, to stitch baseballs using a machine in a way that's like, you know, that, that actually is economically viable. Wow. I, I don't know if there are patents out there, but if you've watched, there, there are great videos where you'll actually see, it almost looks like someone swimming a butterfly is what I always think of, where they'll have like, you know, they'll, they'll have two hands and pull the stitches out at the same time. And uh, it's, it's hard to stitch a baseball, even for a person <laughs> and being able to do it with a machine. So, so, Every single baseball in the world, down to like Little League or Souvenir or whatever, is stitched together by hand. That's awesome. All of them, which I don't, th and it's the only, it's the only sports thing in the world that's like that. Even cricket, which would be the next, their balls only at the very highest levels are stitched by hand. Otherwise, they're <laughs> machines that do it. But every baseball. Yeah, that's super interesting. Just another yeah. variable too, to kind of. Well, and that's, that's another reason why, you know, the take trying to, to standardize too much is difficult because yeah, you do have human beings. Right. And so it's not like you're putting something into an injection mold. Right. The pill is an injection mold, but that's it. Yeah. So every, everything around that, and I know you mentioned the threads around it. Um, that was. That's done on a winding machine. Okay. But that's, still that's, it, mm -hmm. it has a human, human. Well, there, there is a human being. And in that case, you've got a human being setting it up for winding. And afterwards they do check the weight. You know, like the, they'll actually double check because the way that it works is each layer weighs a given amount. Okay. You know, and, and once there's actually a weight trip on the winding machine so that when that, 
particular layer gets to the right weight, the thing shuts off. Okay. And so, and then you'll actually have a human being check to make sure it's the right weight, put it on the next one, same process. So the, the human being is there both to set it up and to make sure that it's fitting the manufacturing specifications. Hmm. But that also means that the balls, once you get inside the covers are very standardized. Okay. The covers can, can vary a lot uh, in terms of like thickness and how pliable they are and how heavy they are as a result. Uh, but uh, you'd be surprised how much the variability goes away as soon as you take the covers off. Yeah. Which is really yeah. interesting. Baseballs are like snowflakes. <laughs> They're yeah, really that's, snowflakes. That's, in fact, that's, that's, <laughs> that's not a bad analogy. But yet yeah, it turns out that with the, the 2020 ball, so they had you know, a few months of what was basically normal centers, you know, and the weights were what I'd seen going back like 20 years. And then starting in September of 2019, they started being a totally different weight. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't outrageous. It was a difference of about two and a half, uh, two and a half grams, wow. which is just under, um, just under uh, a quarter, no point. I think it's a 10th of an ounce, just under a 10th of an ounce. Um, but it was insanely consistent across the board. Like it was, it was, there was no question. It was different. Right. And once I started looking at the individual layers, what I discovered was that that very inner layer that I mentioned, the, the one that's the, 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 that has the most yarn was actually three and a half grams lighter. Hmm. And then the outer layer was a gram heavier. Interesting. And across the board, it was like this for this new kind of baseball, which didn't seem to have any precedent. Right. They made that one for four months and then they stopped. And then they went back to making the one that they'd made before for like 20 years, at least. Interesting. So this was, this was 2020 production. And I did find, I didn't have a lot of base. I actually, I had a, I shouldn't say that. I had a lot of baseballs for me because, you know, having a couple dozen for a season was great. In this case, I had like, you know, 40 something. For me, that was a huge number, but I had two kinds of baseballs showing up. And once I realized that it wasn't just two kinds, but they were made at physically different times where the entire factory had clearly shifted over and yeah. shifted back. Um, it was really weird to then go to MLB and say, you know, by the way, we're finding these two completely different kinds of baseballs. What's up? Uh, you know, Steph Epstein wrote an article on this for Sports Illustrated that came out in February of 2020. And, um, excuse me, February of 2021. Your years are running together. <laughs> mine are. But, um, and when she approached MLB and said, you know, Meredith has found this stuff. We weren't sure what they were going to say. We weren't sure if they were going to get back to her. And not only did they get back to her, they said, oh, yeah. You know, first of all, they said these shouldn't have appeared in games, even though they did. Yeah. Um, where have we Oops. heard that story before? Or <laughs> after, I should say. Um, but they also said, oh, no, we did this on purpose. We, yes, yes, this is a real different ball. We, we specifically made a different kind of ball because it's, and the way it was designed, and this makes sense because it would, it's a way that it will still fit into the rules requirements was they took that inner layer. And even though it was lighter, they wound it more loosely. So mm -hmm. it was still as, as big. And so like, it was still the same size, but it was just, it, it ended up by having less interior, essentially it becomes less dense as a way. Right. Wow. Um, 
the idea for that was to to actually make it come off the bat not as hard. It's okay. the, the, the technical term is the coefficient of restitution, but it literally ends up, it's like the ball squishes more against the bat when it hits, which deadens it when it comes off. So it's, it's quite literally how you deaden a baseball. Okay. And the idea was to, to lower the exit velocity and then hence if you have fewer home runs. And that was, they said, we did this on purpose because we wanted to deaden the ball to decrease the number of home runs. We made a completely different baseball that was specifically intended to do completely different things on the field. Interesting and, and crazy. At the time they said, you know, these weren't supposed to be in games. We're saving them all for 2021. Uh, what's interesting is that they also accounted for four months of production and production is a year long thing, but that still means it was four out of 12 months. Right. So it would have been a third of production which is kind of hard to say, oh no, we were gonna save all of these for the next season. Because I'm not really sure, I mean, we had a COVID shortened season. So if they wanted to, they could have only used one baseball. But if it had been a normal length season, I'm not sure they could have just used two thirds of the baseballs. They ran yeah. out the previous year, remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard. But you know, they said, okay, now we're saving these for 2020, 2021. And then before Steph's article came out, but you know, after we talked to them, they sent a memo to GMs, <laughs> an internal memo directly to GMs and, and Ken Rosenthal and Eno Saris published about this. And Steph's article came out very quickly after that. Like we hadn't intended for it to be quite as quickly, but you know, the Get memo scooped. was out. Yeah, and, and the thing and that MLB. Was is what they said in the memo was exactly what they told Steph a couple of days before they sent the memo, the wording was the same, right? Make of that what you will. Uh, but, you know, when they said, oh yeah, here's the ball that's gonna be used in 2021 and we were saving them for you, but this is the ball you're gonna see in 2021. So everybody knew, like there were articles out about there, great, we're gonna have this deadened ball, things are gonna change. Um, they used both kinds of baseballs in 2021. A bunch of them were left over, because we had a shortened season. So like the first half of the season was basically baseballs from leftover 2020s. Um, however, we had 2021s and they made both kinds for 2021 also, you know, including some that were made that were made after that memo went out. After they told mm -hmm. teams, we're gonna use this new kind of baseball in 2021, they had gone back to making the old kind of baseball for months after they sent that memo out. So I don't know if anything in the memo they told teams, you know, there was a new baseball, but it wasn't the only one. And they hadn't made only that new one for 2021. Yeah. And there didn't seem to have been any intention to even switch over after, after, they, uh, after they told teams. It's not like it went, oops, you know, we got caught and therefore we should just make the one that we're gonna tell teams going into the future. No, they were already making the old one and they kept making it. And, and yeah, so I'm not, uh, and it, it did, I think it really did affect things. Well, that's you know? what I was going to ask, you know, yeah. if, if you're able to speak to the repercussions of that, either that you mm -hmm. have seen actualized or that maybe we can't see yet, um, anything like that. 
there are some there's some things that have shown up, although it's been complicated because um, I guess there's a couple of things. First, there was a really good article about 2021 spring training that um, Rob Arthur and, and Ben Lindbergh put out where they found really, really clear evidence of balls with two different exit velocities and two different drags appearing in spring training in a way that actually seemed to change over time. Like, you know, the balls that were being given to, to teams at the beginning were different than the balls that were being given to them at the end. And what they found was that there were, ball, rather than exit velocities going down with what was presumably this new kind of baseball, those baseballs had exit velocities that went up, which was the opposite of what MLB had said. The thing is, and this is where the, the, this, the knitting and the yarn stuff comes back. If you have, um, because the yarn is wool, uh, does your hair frizz when it gets humid? Yep. <laughs> okay. So, Great. right. So, so think of, think of it as your hair, like, you know, when they tested these baseballs, they only tested them in a lab. Temperature was the same. Humidity was the same. They, there was no outdoor yeah. testing. It was very controlled. Okay. Um, there was nothing about drag done at all. And they didn't test anything outside the lab. So there was nothing about real life conditions. Uh, the problem is that, that, you know, the humidity was reasonable in the lab and wool is gonna, when it's humid, is gonna do like what your hair does with frizzing. The problem is that when that humidity goes away, it's like with your hair, it's suddenly gonna get flatter. So suddenly the yarn for wool would have done the same kind of thing, mm. but those covers are on really, really tight. So what it looks like is it looks like the covers just down onto the ball when the humidity went down. So suddenly it being less dense and therefore squishing more against the bat was no longer the case because, you know, the, the yarn was no longer frizzing as it were. Right. The problem is that first of all, you know, it looks like it might've gone back to about the same as it was before, mm -hmm. except, you know, first of all, the, the actual layers might've had something to do with it, but also the ball was lighter. And it turns out that that's part of it also for the exit velocity. It's not just that it squishes more, but if it's lighter, you can just make it, you know, it's, it's conservation of momentum. And so a lighter ball is just easier to, to hit hard off the bat. So it's between the two, having the lower humidity, it's consistent with what we saw having having the less dense ball it's suddenly no longer it's lighter therefore it's going to have higher exit velocities on top of that though this and this is like i i have actually looked at changing humidity i've mentioned this before we we came on the air but uh i've figured out i've made two diy humidors so that i cool. could like vary the humidity and 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 you know see what the effects are but what it looks like is that once you're pulling the humidity out the seams aren't, the seams are staying high basically, but the between the seams is going down. Yeah. So higher seams, they were also finding the balls with higher exit velocity had higher drag. They were slowing down more in the air. And the result that they found was that the higher drag does mean it shouldn't travel as far. However, the exit velocities were up enough where they were actually getting stuff coming up just above. Wow. 20, 2017. Uh, so the ball did end up flying farther. But um, so 
I guess where I'm going with that is that under those conditions, the ball behaved in a way that you could tell. The problem is the spring training, it's either Florida or Arizona, and it's a very controlled setting. On the other hand, when you get into the season, it's six months in a lot of different areas of the country, and some parks have humidors and mm-hmm. some don't. And so what it looks like you ended up with was just that that new ball was behaving very differently at different times of the year and in different places. So ironically, their, their goal of a more consistent baseball, their new baseball was the least consistent probably. They made. <laughs> oh, <laughs> best but laid plans. <laughs> so, so that's, that's kind of, you know, I think where the main issues have, have come in with, with that new ball. Uh, that being said, there there was some interesting stuff done with DJ LeMahieu's numbers, mm-hmm. uh, and it the type of deadening to the ball that they had. Uh, his his he was he's always been a laser home run hitter. You know, it's like they're only you know he's they're only going to clear the fence by a bit. If you deaden the ball the way that they've talked about, those should turn into long doubles wow. or outs or something. So his home yeah. run numbers really did suffer in okay. 2021. It's interesting you bring that up because um, I involved with fantasy baseball and all of the draft commentary around him is, is about numbers like that from last year. So yep. even seeing it, you know, outside of his own uh, livelihood, that kind of mm-hmm. thing is, yep. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in that case, there's, I'm curious about, this is where it would come back to, I love it. I'd love it if we knew how Rawlings had distributed the baseballs. Because, um, you know, first of all, we've got those batch codes. So, you know, we know when the baseballs were made. MLB has specifically said these two kinds of baseballs were designed to perform differently. So we know that there were two kinds being used that are actually, it's not, a, it's not a mistake. They're intentionally supposed to perform differently. But what they also said after the 2019 postseason, when uh, the Home Run Committee did their 2019 report, was one of their recommendations was you know, using something like the batch codes to track baseballs from start to finish. So like, you know, not just knowing what was coming up from the factory in Costa Rica, but making sure that they knew which baseballs that were manufactured at a given time were ending up at which parks at what time. I mean, even to the, I I checked this recently, even to the point of having somebody at the the stadium record which balls were being used in which games. Like this was their recommendation. I don't remember if it was, I don't think it was Morgan Sword. Someone in the commissioner's office said, you know, this is, we're going to adopt these recommendations. Okay. So they're on the record at the end of 2019 saying, yeah, we're going to track these start to finish. So I'm not really, sh- I mean, they should know where all the balls have gone and which have gone to which places. Um, but even if it was like, you know, part of the old and part new mm-hmm. at the Yankee Stadium, and I only, I didn't have enough Yankees baseballs to be able to tell that what even if some you know say half of them say it was a half and half that would have been enough of those new balls so let's say we, we take half of dj lemayhew's numbers and half of them are normal and the other half are this deader ball hence the home runs just in that half are fewer he's still going to end up with fewer home runs you know yeah. you'd still have as long as it's enough it, it still has an effect so i think people haven't really thought about that that it's not like you have to have all of one kind and all of another. The effect would probably be the most dramatic, but you just need enough. And yeah. so it's, it's, uh, 
you know, it's going to have an impact that they exist at all, particularly because you can't tell them apart on the outside. That's right. actually the thing that's the most disturbing. You know? Yeah, that is what I was talking about with the leather covers and there being a lot of variants there. Uh, it, it, you can, you, if you pick two of them up, unless it's like really on the heavy side or really on the light side, I got a lot of them wrong, like guessing, opening them up. It was, it was kind of annoying after a while, but you know, and I don't, I don't think I talked to a single player um, who had thought anything, you know, Pete, Al I love that Pete Alonzo was basically right. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I, it was I, such a big deal you when know, he said that. It's a little, you know, that, that level of conspiracy insidious. I mean, you know, it, it's really hard to, ta you know, to be like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna submarine a, a particular year because of these type of free agents. And that's a little too convoluted. But um, but yeah, you know the 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 impact is a, is a real thing, and MLB knows where the balls are going. Yeah. So you know that whole we know where baseballs are going and we know what they are is there. But um, it was when I talked to players, not a single one of them realized they were in a given game. I, I have I have one situation where somebody gave me at like you know actual pitches in the game. Mm -hmm. This is the at bat. This. I've got balls like from the same at bat that are different. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. The umpires didn't know, obviously they wouldn't, yeah. like, you know, that's, in fact, that's, that's, it's kind of interesting to, to think about that. People will talk about, oh yeah, you know, what if an umpire was throwing this kind of ball out when this guy was up at bat? That would require the umpires knew. Yeah. Right. Nobody, which is another, nobody yeah. knew. you know, yeah. just, it's, it's insane. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back after this message from our sponsors. I don't know if you are able to speak to this, and I know, you know, mainly you want to focus on the scientific aspect of it, but, you know, if, if what you're seeing is the, the MLB new, do you have any thoughts about, like, motive behind it, or do you think it was just purely accidental, or? Um, well, here's the thing they made two different kinds of baseballs two years in a row. I mean, I literally, I have data starting just, just for, for this switch back and forth. It starts in, um, actually, yeah, I wanna say June or July of 2019. I think it's July. And, and from, so from summer of 2019, through the summer of 2021. So it's like say July, 2019 through August of 2021, which turns out to be like two production cycles. They made two different kinds of baseballs for more than two years and with hard switches back and forth. So there, it's not an accident. It's right. not a mistake. Um, I'm not, you know, the idea of distribution somehow being, you know, Mistake or not, there was there had to be knowledge of it. Right. I have no idea. I mean, and that's that's actually one of the things that's been where I have no idea as to the why for the mm -hmm. two baseballs. I could see them if they switched, if they legitimately switched over to a single one to uh, you know, to deaden the ball and change yeah. home runs. But we have two years in a row where they couldn't have not used two baseballs. Right. It's, it's not like you had such a small thing that you might've actually considered them as only being for, you know, for showcase or demonstration or exhibition or whatever. You had to have two. 
what's weird is that every other time I've found a change or a difference or whatever, there's been some logical explanation I can come up with. Like the, the lace thickness thing, it turns out if you go back historically, you know, I've, I've actually started looking back into like the, the early 90s, late 80s, lace thickness does change, you know, in year to year over sets of years. And, and it's just, it seems to have to do with like where they're buying the laces from. Yeah. Because when you talk about that, you know, tiny fraction of a millimeter, no one's going to be able to tell really, or at least they're not going to, even if they can, it's not going to occur to them that having a 0 0.08 millimeter thickness difference is going to make any difference. Right. Right. You know, it seems too small. So, you know, okay. So they get a different supplier, cost them less money. Uh, when I mentioned about the 2019 balls and being slicker and having flatter mm -hmm. seams, speeding up the drying process. Mm -hmm. It's a good reason for that. Uh, for the 2019 postseason, they ran out of 2019 baseballs. They had to get them from somewhere or you couldn't have played the postseason. Right. So like there's been a good explanation for even the weirdest things that seem to have happened until this 2020 manufacturing cycle. I have no idea as to the why. There had to be a why. Mm -hmm. I know. I, 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 you know, the other thing that comes to mind is a, you know, let's say there's some nefarious reason. Mm -hmm. This ball, this, this new kind of baseball was specifically designed to be dead. Mm -hmm. they, they made, they've made that very clear all along. The problem is that it's not consistently dead. When it's really dry, it's actually juiced compared yeah. to the normal ball. <laughs> so let's say we've got, you know, the, the twisty mustache nefarious plants they wouldn't be working anyway because the ball isn't behaving the way that they had intended it to. So, you know, we foiled their plans or they foiled their own plans. And I, <laughs> I, I keep picturing the Scooby-Doo villain every time. <laughs> it does right. sound pretty funny. Forgive me for way. doing this, but it's once you have a Scooby-Doo villain image in your head and you look at Rob Manfred, <laughs> it just, once you see it, you kind of can't. <laughs> He's been unmasked. <laughs> but, but I mean, can't you? And, and I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> right. yeah, sorry, it just it's it's stuck in my head. It's terrible. But but yeah. So so I guess to to your to your question, it had to be done for some reason. Right there, I cannot think of 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 a good one. And frankly, if there was a not good one. I can't figure out what that would be either, other than that it probably didn't do what they would have had it been there. Yeah. So, does that make yeah. sense? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's just, it's crazy all of the different variables and it, and I, again, and this is something, I don't know if you can speak to it at all, um, but I think one thing as, as a fan, just watching, obviously we didn't know about juice balls or dead balls at the time, uh -huh. um, but, but the sticky, sticky substances ban thrown in there that makes me angry it's it's a little I, wild yeah, so i was I gonna say i i can think of reasons why it would have been done that didn't have directly to do with performance and i'll leave I'm, that i am gonna leave to other people but i was extremely frustrated when that came out not just because they did it but because the time period that they looked at for here is where we're seeing they, they claimed was entirely effective sticky stuff was only April 2021, where they had already said we're specific, you know, this is the at the time.
time, you know, I knew they were using two kinds of baseballs. Other okay. people, I felt like somebody should have questioned, by the way, you specifically said you're using this different kind of ball. You had these results from Ben Lindbergh and Rob Arthur showing whatever this new kind of ball was, was actually doing some really weird stuff. Mm -hmm. And yet you said the only change has been players using sticky stuff because that's the only part you picked had this different kind of baseball. How the heck can you say that it's the sticky stuff right. when you're talking about a different kind of baseball? Right. Yeah, exactly. It was, I mean, at, at, to, to, to use a scientific term, it's what's referred to as an ill-posed problem. You cannot separate those things out. So therefore, whatever answer you're going to get won't make sense. So they couldn't have even asked the question legitimately. Right. Yeah. And I think that's something in hindsight that, I mean, the sticky stuff commentary it, it dropped off a little towards the end of the season. Or, you yeah, know. I, I will. I, let's put it this way. I will leave it to you for a time where I'm not on to think about what happened when they imposed the sticky stuff ban. What completely horrible story hit the press about a week later concerning a particular Cy Young winner and when the sticky stuff stuff dropped off, but nobody talked about it. Thank you. <laughs> Just some food for thought. A Cy Young winner who was very adamant about what sticky stuff did. Yeah, yeah. And interesting. Interesting. Yes. And I think, you know, all of this conversation. That's, that's hypothesis, by the way. Yeah. Um, all of this in, in combination with everything else that's been going on, uh, CBA and everything lately is very, you know, what is this, this game we're watching anymore and, and how I'm, it's going to develop? I have no idea. Like, I mean, one thing for this upcoming season, because they used so many leftover 2020s, they have a lot of leftover 2021s, you know, and, and one thing I will say about the, the statement that MLB put out uh, related to the 2021 study for, for Bradford's article, they, the explanation that they gave was that it was a supply chain issue and they made it sound like we only used leftover 2020s. We didn't, we couldn't have, there wouldn't have been enough, but um, that there was because of COVID, you know, there had been manufacturing there, there was manufacturing that went down for like a couple months and then it came back almost to full strength for the rest of the time. But this, there was a supply chain thing in that balls that were made after about October of 2020 didn't actually start showing up until after the all-star break. Normally that's, you have kind of, we've heard this like the 2015 where after the all-star break, that was when people started seeing home runs go up in a way that said the ball was somehow like different, different. Mm -hmm. um, there really are sort of two major distribution like periods. Uh, I haven't had this confirmed, but it would be consistent with having half of the stock shipped up before the season from Costa Rica, you know, comes in on a barge to St. Louis, second half shipped up for July. In July, I suddenly started seeing balls that were made after October of 2020. Normally that stuff would have been mixed in a little more, but it wasn't. Okay. So I have to wonder if um, they didn't, uh, you know, that in that case there, there was a supply chain issue, like the stuff was, because they were made on the same timetable. They just didn't get, end up in games. 
So I do think that the barge that had all that stuff on it somehow couldn't get stuff up or something. Okay. Yeah. So we were missing baseballs that should have otherwise been here, but they right. made it eventually. Yeah. They just made it in for July. A delayed. Right. So, but that also means that for the first half, we almost saw only 2020s. So if you have okay. three months where we know they're leftover baseballs almost entirely and the 2021s only show up in the second half, mm-hmm. that says to me that they probably have a maybe half of their stock of 2021 still sitting in inventory in Missouri. So I don't know how they're going to just, maybe they'll leave them sitting there, mm-hmm. but they used leftovers last season and I can't see them like having hundreds of thousands of baseballs just leaving them there or doing something else with them. Right. Out of baseballs. I think I had somebody pose the question like, well, don't they use them for giveaways or exhibition games? Hundreds of thousands? Right. Yeah. Too many. Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, yeah, it just, there's, I don't know. I I, I can't, they might not, but I have a feeling that we will see a lot of leftover 2021s in 2022, which means that, you know, two baseballs is going to happen again. Seriously. I mean, so, so just, just, you know, regardless of what MLB said, uh, although frankly, all they really said in their statement was they weren't going to keep using any 2020s. When you look at like the dates they're referring to, mm-hmm. pretty sure they're not because they probably did use all those up. But then we might see rollover this year. Yeah, so... it, And it would just be, it's not something that's happened in the past because normally the baseballs aren't there, but right. this is a lot. So. Well, yeah. And then, you know, with, with the season already having games canceled and, and potentially being more truncated, um, you know, that it seems like it might create. We're, a- we're, we're going to end up really off at this rate, aren't we? I mean, we're already <laughs> yeah. like a half a season off. So, yeah. Nope. <laughs> Just a but, domino. I mean, one thing also, I guess people need to be aware of is all the 20, all but a few of the 2022s do already exist. So it's not like they can suddenly start doing you know there there are some that are going to be made for a few months but mm-hmm. the turnover is in the middle of the summer you okay. know july august last year it was august and it was uh you know so they've they've been making 2022s since what looks like the end of august beginning of september okay and you know they're probably i'd assume they're still making them you know i don't think they would take the time off but uh but yeah so so most of them are already made for people who are like, yeah, oh, well, maybe they can just start juicing. I mean, they, they could, but it would still only be a fraction of them. Right. And it's not like they can suddenly turn them around. You know, they right. need to come up on that barge from Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, just poof. Um, that's super interesting. So, um, you know, I guess as your, as your work kind of continues with this, um, do you have any next things you're going to look at that you can share or alternatively? Um, well, just... I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm waiting to learn about the 2022s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's going to be, int- I'm curious to see if they, they use uh, the, the leftovers. I think mm-hmm. they will, but you know, I need to confirm that. Uh, the other thing is that the, for the two previous manufacturing calendars for 2020 and 2021, they made baseballs for the first of the, the old kind for like the first two and a half ish months and then mm-hmm. switch to the new. With the calendar switch over from 2021 to 2022, and it's, I've actually found, uh, you know, sort of what it looks like a final, you know, sort of cutoff time, which would have been like the third week in August. But Rawlings also told uh, The Athletic in July 
that they were going to be transitioning to 2022 in July or August. Okay. So what I found is consistent with what Rawlings said. The thing is the article that Bradford wrote didn't come out till November 30th, which is more than two months from the end of August. So if they followed the same manufacturing calendar a third year in a row, and they were the same for 2020 and 2021, so you know I'm not sure we can pretend it's a fluke, they would have uh, switched over between two kinds of baseballs for 2022. So I'm waiting to see if that happens at all. I mean, maybe, maybe, they, maybe they caught it after the article came out. I don't know. Um, maybe it never happened. It, it, it'll be interesting to see, though. Um, so we'll, we'll yeah. find it. All, not to mention the fact that I'm not sure MLB said, because they, they, didn't, they didn't really say, you know, if the takeaway, I think, from their statement in November was we're not going to have two baseballs anymore. There's going to be one going forward. It was the takeaway. You know, the, mm -hmm. if you if you word if you actually take it apart, they don't. It's not what they say. Uh, but they didn't say which kind. Right. Okay. You know, so I'm not really sure what to expect there either. But that's something we can expect, maybe. Yeah. So 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 year. I'll I but <laughs> the problem is that as long as they keep doing this, it means I have to do the following season. Right. So it'll be 2023 before I could possibly have a break. Right. And that would only be if nothing was weird about 2022, which I don't expect. So it might be more like 2024 before I get a break. Yeah. You're gonna gonna be busy for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to like having a lot of baseballs and being like, oh darn, I have nothing left to do. <laughs> I just get to go to baseball games and enjoy them. <laughs> have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> yeah. it, it's. I have so many hundreds of baseballs by now. My God. Yeah. How many do you think you have? I. I was trying to work. I want to say it's like between seven fifty and a thousand. That's insane. <laughs> That's a lot. I, I Are... think I. I need to. I need to dip. Or is that just the ones I have here in California? I know. I remembered we talked about this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I, it's, yeah. it's either, it's either that many or twice that many. I forget which, because I think it's like we have, I've half here in California and half in Wisconsin, and so I'm not. Uh, I need to. I've had this question asked so many times now. I need to just like have that number at the, at, you know, my fingertips. Estimate's but fine. That's pretty crazy. It no, it is. It is, and I, I mean, I'm super careful about storing them. And, and cataloging them. So I try to keep a lot of tracks so that I know which balls are being used. If I'm lucky, I have it down to the pitch, right? but I have to have people who are really paying attention to, to do that, so. Yeah, yeah. And um, I know you mentioned a, a band saw somewhere in your process. Oh yeah, no, this is, this is uh, one, one of the, the neighbors back in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, there are two halves to this baseball and it's uh, fortunately one of the neighbors back in Wisconsin uh, has a band saw. And so I finally, because I didn't have a, a half a baseball to show off to people for a long time. And I just sort of knocked on his door and I'm like, you know, can you just, I have this one and I have a minor league. I should have gotten like more done than just, so I'll, you know, when I'm out there again, I will definitely drag some along and be like, here, cut these in half too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, were your neighbors, did they ask about, were they like, oh, okay, this is weird. Oh, fine. It's, it's Wisconsin. Everybody's yeah. awesome and nice. Um, but <laughs> it's, 
it's actually really interesting because it, it makes for a really cool, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's like a, a cool conversation topic. Yeah. You know, uh, so many people are already baseball fans. Some of them are aware of this stuff. Some of them aren't, but then they're fascinated when they find out, you know, um, I'm just amazed that people seem to think this is hard because it's really not, you yeah. know, I, 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 I sort of, it almost feels like I'm cheating a lot because I feel like this is a high school science fair project that I've just kind of like exploded into something else. But that's, I mean, like this is a high school science fair project. I've used a chopstick. I use a kitchen scale. I use calipers like that. I bought on Amazon for like 30 bucks. That's most of it right there. Awesome. It's just, it's not like it's a lot of stuff or even a lot of work, you know? Yeah. That's really cool though. I mean, just to hear about, uh, and I think this is a, one reason like I've been interested in talking to you is um, one, just, I mean, science, it touches everything yep. Two, I mean, it, it's sort of democratized in that way where you can use things you already have or that don't cost much to do right. things like this. And also I think how you spoke into the, just the interdisciplinary mm-hmm. portion of your work and some of your colleagues work. It's really cool. Like you really never, never know about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was yeah, curious. I love- yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I just love the fact that this is science because I, people tend to, I mean, I've got a PhD in astrophysics. I know what like the other extreme is where you're like building a really complicated computer simulation and that's really cool stuff too. But it's really neat to, to you know, a lot of this, I'm, you know, I'm literally sitting on my bed fighting my cats off because they're, <laughs> you know, one of them tries to eat the laces all the time. She is. She's obsessed with baseball laces. <laughs> I have to be really careful. But um, the, the, I mean, this is science. And, and as long as you can do things in a way that's really consistent and you keep good, in fact, the difference is basically keeping track of your data. <laughs> that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah. And there's I mean, a lot of trial and error. And, you know, a lot, there are a lot of things that I started on, you know, that they weren't the right way to think about it. You know, and yeah. I've, I've I go back and listen to some of my earlier interviews. I was way off base, no pun intended, on, on <laughs> you know, some, uh, usually making stuff too complicated, frankly. It's, if, if there's one thing that I've learned is that, you know, like for instance, people wanting nefarious plots. Right, yeah, um, exactly. Most of what I've found is not, it's not nefarious. If anything, it seems to be people making decisions without understanding that there are consequences to those decisions which probably sounds familiar. Yes. So, um, <laughs> but there's, there's, a, there's a lot to be said for um, the, you probably know the term Occam's razor. Yep. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And, and that's yeah. a lot of this really is that, you know, so like when I, when I come up with a hypothesis for something very often, it's just here. It's not that it's the explanation. It's like when I put out like, you know, the, the lace thickness stuff that, that turned out to actually be the simplest, you know, here's one thing that's changed that is somehow affecting the flight of the ball. Um, by the way, I, the reason I have baseballs going back so far is because it does look like that lace thickness might relate to home runs. Okay. Like literally it might, uh, it, some of the stuff I've looked at, it looks like the thicker laces are in years where that home run rate before 2014. Before, you know, thicker yeah. Lace. And, and so, yeah, so I'm, I'm going back and that's why I'm digging that far back is because I think there might be something to it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and having, it, it's always cool when you can have like a single thing that you can point to or the dryer, you know, it's like, hi, you, you too can make your own 2019 baseball. 
literally yeah. at home. I want people to do this. I really want people to do this and like, let me know or let you know. Yeah, I did it. You know, I, I soaked the outside. I threw it in the dryer and yeah, it did what Meredith said it would. It's a challenge to any listeners. You got to yes, go please. put your baseballs, get them, let, put them in the dryer report. You know back. what I want? I want like a series of TikTok videos. That's a great idea. I probably need to do my own first, but yeah. That would be pretty awesome. I think you'd have quite a few people, myself included, interested in that if you ever do decide can, can to we, sign up. You know what? We should, we, we've got a break. We've got games delayed. We need to do a TikTok challenge for 2019 baseball. This is a great idea. Yes. This is a great challenge. Yeah, Post. We'll, 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 uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to put that out because, you know, yeah. it'll be fun. It will distract people from the horrible things that are going on in the game right now. I hope. Horrible. <laughs> Sad. You know, I'm kind Players of- Players got to do something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board too. Uh, well, I, actually, I, I was just thinking that, that they might be the, the ones who are more likely to have a lot of baseballs around that they can just you know, toss in. Toss in. Right. Because, you know, a lot of people, if they've got baseballs, they're souvenirs and they don't want to do anything with them. Right. I know. I don't blame I know. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To go, like, to go buy one. I've, I've never, you know, if, if somebody is like, oh, yeah, you know, because I'll ask, you know, by the way, are you are you attached to that baseball are you willing to part with that and if they say no it's a souvenir I'm like no please keep it it's much more important to you because you know that's like that's the point or I'm astonished like occasionally I've gotten ones where there's like a signature on it. I'm like you sure you want to do this yeah that's interesting I, yeah, yeah well that's another challenge anybody here who has balls that they got from a game don't want to use isn't actually signed? I mean that's I guess it's a standard shout out uh you know I mean hit killing up or yeah it's probably the best thing uh, but yeah, Connect. I mean, any, anything that, that, that people have major league baseballs, especially, uh, it's yeah. I mean, and, and frankly, I'll take previous years because of things like, for instance, looking at lace thickness, I can figure out when those were made. And that's really the most important thing. Even if you don't know what year it's from, I'll find out. You know. She will find out. <laughs> I love that. So I know I've taken a lot of your time and you've been very generous. I do want to ask one more question. Of course. Um, You've, uh, like I mentioned, I've been following you for a while and in your work with Bradford, it's, it's big because it has potential to rattle some people's cages a little bit and, you know, keep organizations, institutions in check. So I am curious, just you with your experience um, as, and correct me if I'm wrong, presumably identifies as a woman um, through working in science, working in a field um, like astrophysics, working in this baseball field and, you know, working with the MLB or showing your research to them, you know, what's that, what's that been like for you? Talking to you, you're like a rock star. Um, it's the hair. <laughs> yeah. uh, for the people hair who aren't attitude. video, the blonde is now blue. <laughs> and uh, it looks awesome. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. It's because pandemic, you know. It's very cool. Yeah, I mean, what's it, what's it been like for you? Do you have takeaways or, or things you've learned? You know, what's been interesting is, um, I mean, I guess one of the reasons, part of the reason that I got into baseball as late as I did was frankly because there just wouldn't have been a place for a scientist. That's a remarkably new thing. I think people forget that. Yeah, that is so true. Like it's, it's been, you know, it's been a decade, but there wasn't a place for me before then. Uh, I will admit though, when I was, you know, going to grad school and getting my PhD, it wouldn't have dawned on me that there would have been a place for a woman in a front office at all because they just weren't there. Mm -hmm. So, so there's that. And, and frankly, I've never, I've been an official scorer, but I've never been a great ball player. 
And just because I the game is part of me doesn't mean I'm actually good at it. Unfortunately, right. I wish I was, but um, no. But if my dad got those, I did not. Um, the uh, otherwise, it's actually been kind of interesting, and I think it might be not being a journalist, and and frankly, also just being overeducated. I mean, the the first thing is, hi, here's Dr. Meredith Wills. She's an astrophysics PhD. And that's fine. That's who I am. That's like, I spent a lot of time in school to earn that degree, frankly. So anybody who says I'm not entitled to doctor will talk. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a lot more work to get a PhD than to get an MD. Sorry. And, and I, I, that's not to discount MDs, just you know, those of us who worked hard for it, it's okay. Uh, right. Yeah. But I think because of that, it's, there's a weird niche and so I haven't really had problems that I have been able to track back to, awesome. you know, being a woman in, in the sport. Um, it's, you know, I'm not sure it's easy for anyone to come in sideways. Uh, yeah. you know, certainly in front offices, it's an intern structure. Yeah. So it's like, hi, you know, I spent this entire chunk of my life and, you know, she spent 10 years in grad, okay, I guess seven years. But yeah, I mean, she spent a lot of time in grad school. So I mean, I was almost 30, I think, when I got my PhD. Yeah. That's not atypical. That pretty much precludes the whole intern at a undergrad. Yeah. Um, so so it's happening more now, but for a while, like coming in, not like working your way up from the bottom was not something that was done. Right. And so that that was probably more of an issue than anything. Interesting. Okay. I, I haven't, I haven't had within, within professional baseball, it's actually been great. That's awesome. You know, it's, 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 it's nice. You know, I, it's, you know, and I, I, I wish it was easier for, for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I think, I think frankly, not being a journalist has been, I think it's very different if you're a journalist, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but I think, you know, that's great. And the questions you're able to, to answer, ask, even start asking um they're they're so hugely valuable so i think it is good to hear that for people that may be interested no matter what their background is um that are interested in doing work even if it's not like yours but similar um which i know a lot of people might be it's great to hear that that is achievable um and what what it what so much of it has come down i mean some of my earliest mentors were retired scouts which <laughs> if you can think of that is the hardest nut to crack if you are any kind of, you know, analyst or scientist, like that sounds, and as a woman, you know, like that should be the absolute worst, right? But some of my very first mentors and what struck me at the time, and I feel like this, this is true across the board is that it really just came down to me being a baseball person. And people will, you know, there's a lot, like as, as long as you are a baseball person, it, it, I guess it forgives a multitude of sins. Yeah. Does that make sense? And, and it it's not, it's not just knowing the game. It's, you know, it's, it's respecting what other people's knowledge and skill set. you know, like it, working as a data scientist, doing analytics. Like the one thing I know, I am not a scout. I am not a coach. I get to help them do their job, but yeah. that's not my job. If anything, like it, anybody, if, if you're going to do analytics or any kind of you know, data stuff in any sport, your support staff, that's your job. You help other people do theirs and that's it. So that's you really kind of have to, it. you have to kill your ego, which yeah. seems, can be tough if you like, you know, have been the kind of person who's been the smartest person in the room. 
but it's not, you know, it's, if you're a baseball person and people get that and, yeah. and that's, that's been huge, you know? So. That's awesome. Have you had that where you have, you know, found, found something, found data or some, proven something that you have evidence for that you could go for with and maybe suggest it to a coach, anybody really? I, I, um, I mean, I, I have, um, I think my, my favorite story along these lines though is it's one thing to find something it's another to to find something and then talk to a player and discover that you've just validated something you already knew. So, like my 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 favorite story on this, there's a a friend of mine who's he's a you know he's a retired major league, he's an all star center fielder, you know, big power hitter, he's retired, and um, I had done recently done a study. It's it's, it's brilliant actually. If you find the Saber Analytics 2020. Um, video online. Okay. Uh, my colleague Cameron Adams gave the talk, but we came up with something that's like barrels, except it's looking at hitting against the shift. Huh. By the way, Joey Just... Gallo LinkedIn, I am really good at being able to, you know, show you how you can hit successfully against the shift using data. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I won't tell you how to do it, but that's what the data show. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we did, we called it beats and beat boxes instead of barrel zones. And it's this cool 3D map thing. And it turns out if you want to beat the shift, you don't hit it oppo, you hit it up the middle hard, <laughs> which is totally not what we expected. Dead center, yeah. middle slightly left. And so I mentioned this to my friend about like how I've done this. And, and what he basically says is, oh yeah, when I played center field, I found that if like I shaded up the middle, just slightly to the left, I could always get these guys. And I'm like, yeah. oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I was just like, Thank you for telling me. <laughs> yeah. So it was great to have validated. It was like, yeah, cool. I have this cool discovery. And he like, he already knew. <laughs> he was like, everybody knows this already. That's cool though. I mean, though, there, to... there, there's a reason he was an all-star. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I just thought it was so funny when he had that conversation. Yeah. Like, oh, my that's, work. But, but that's, frankly, that's something that really makes you feel good about your work though, is because, you know, there's a couple parts to it. So first of all, it, it made sense. You're like, I could talk to a ball player and what I said and what I just said here, it makes sense. You hit it yeah. hard up the middle. Yeah. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. I've got data showing you hit it hard up the middle, but ultimately it's data. Yeah. Um, and then to be able to talk to a ball player about that and also have it make sense is, is really pretty cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. You're, yeah. you're right. It's like confirmed. Yep. And, and it's just the, if you're doing this kind of science, that's what you want. You, you really want to have, uh, you know, that kind of just whatever you're doing has to be usable and meaningful yeah. and if it's not then yeah yeah and you mentioned re repeatable to repeatable mm -hmm. processes which yep. i think is yep is an interesting and good good point too especially mm -hmm. if, if anybody yeah, at the very least you, you have to i mean and the, the phrase in science is falsifiable like every class i ever taught that day one if a student remembered nothing from my classes they would remember falsifiable and all that means is that you you ask a question in a way that somebody else can ask the same question and disprove what you found. Not proof, disprove. Interesting. So you always set it that's... up so someone can disprove it. Yeah. And that's 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 the whole definition of science in a nutshell is falsifiable. Interesting. So, which means you can you know, take apart baseballs and it could be science. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, 
Would you mind sharing where people can find you on Twitter? I will put it in the links and yep. as well as Which the links to, yeah. yeah, I'll put it in the links to as well for, um, yeah. for all of your stories and, you know, Bradford and some of your other colleagues that you mentioned. Sure. Um, but yeah, would you mind? Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm basically on Twitter. I mean, if I have accounts elsewhere, I don't check them. So again, I know people have reached out on Facebook. I'm never on Facebook. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, so it's, it's, that it's baseball astrophysics, which is underscore BBL, excuse me, at BBL underscore, and then the word astrophysics without an I. And that's just because when I made the handle, it was a character limit and there was room for an wow. I. But Keenan or Keelan, sorry, is no, going I to could... be, uh, uh, I was I'll talking to a, I was literally talking to a friend in Keenan before this. I'm surprised I haven't screwed it up until now. <laughs> Hi, Keenan. But, um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, so, so, but yeah, Keelan's going to link to it, fortunately, because I don't expect anyone to remember that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be, I'll be sharing with you a lot and hopefully looking for your, your TikTok challenge to dry yeah. and, and tell me about all the people who are sending you baseballs. Yes, absolutely. If you have a baseball um, from minors, majors, wherever, send, send the balls. Um, if you connect with either of us, you'll have all of our information and give her the ball please. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right, Dr. Wills, thank you so much for, for spending this time here. This was fun. And, uh, yeah, awesome. You're, you're great. And everybody be on the lookout for Dr. Wills' next set of research in the future. Um, yeah, and thank you so much for, for tuning in with us. Thanks.